Hello, welcome once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going, my friend? It is going well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? This is Mike. Mike, how's it going? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing all right. And uh, since I screwed it up on our previous three takes, Eric, what is this podcast about? (laughs) Uh, This podcast is about the new... HBO television series Westworld, based on the Michael Crichton story slash 1970s movie of the same name. That's right. And even though we're called Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, which in my opinion is a tongue twister, I originally wanted to call this podcast Doris Abernathy Dreams, a Westworld podcast. But I Bullets, decided- Brothels, and Bots rolls right off the tongue, Phil. Oh, uh, my. I guess, yeah, that's, that's true. I, I don't know. But based off of this latest episode, maybe the 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 name I thought of may have fit a little better. But For the first episode, perhaps. But, but yes, just for the first episode, anyway. But either way, uh, let's uh, get into some things here. Uh, first we, off, Eric. We could have always gone with Ed Harris is a massive asshole. <laughs> well, I, I, I have something to say about that and i think that maybe in the long run he may be the hero of the the series and i'll explain why but we'll get into that when we start just discussing the episode but let me uh first uh, let folks know about a few things uh, first off eric you do three different podcasts including one with your buddy dan besides this uh, one so you do four I gonna, podcasts. i was gonna say i actually do a total of four uh the other podcasts i do one is a general interest podcast called the scancy podcast that's spelled as k-a-n-c-i-t-y i record to produce and publish that myself with my co-host dan and you can find it on stitcher and the itunes store the other two podcasts i do are with these two gentlemen right here as well as a couple others uh, one of them is the Dark Discussions podcast, where we do horror and other genre material. I've been going about five years. We have over 250 episodes. And then the third one is Seasonal, Must Like Westworld. Only it's about the other HBO series, Game of Thrones, that we do week by week when that show is on the air. And that's called You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. Yes. And uh, Mike, besides doing the Dark Discussions podcast and You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, and this podcast here, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, you actually do a genre blog as well. On occasion, it's called Unnatural Selections, www.unnaturalselections.com. And it's whatever happens to be passing my fancy at the time I have the time to sit down and write. Excellent. Very good. Very good. And uh, this podcast here, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Game of Thrones podcast, what? A, oh, jeez. A Westworld podcast. <laughs> Again, the first half, right? Uh, yes, yes. I, I guess well, I'll HBO's going to pull our contract. <laughs> yes, I guess so. I would have called it Doris Aradathy Does Dream, but that's besides the point. Uh, either way, uh, that this podcast here, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can find us at www.darkdiscussions.com. Again, this is uh, the sister podcast of the Dark Discussions podcast and a spinoff uh, because the co-hosts, uh, three co-hosts from that podcast are doing this podcast. So we have all the episodes for this podcast under darkdiscussions.com and the Dark Discussions podcast Facebook group. And you can email us here at darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Um, however, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher under both feeds, Dark Discussions podcast feed, as well as Bullets, 
Brothels and Butts, a Westworld podcast uh, feed. And uh, you just search for Westworld, and actually we now pop up on the first page on both iTunes and Stitcher as a podcast for uh, this series. But to make it easier, you can uh, search for Bullets, Brothels, and Bots as well. Um, now, let's see what else. Uh, any further things we want to discuss about uh, general... I just want to make clear to new listeners that if you don't, if you haven't heard us before, and this is the first or second time you're listening, you can't take a whole lot of what I say seriously. That includes us having an HBO contract. We just happen to be the two shows we cover, our HBO shows. There is nothing official going on here, but if you happen to be part of HBO, we are more than willing to listen to terms. Yeah, if... if <laughs> That, that's a good point, Mike. I would agree with that. Yes, and uh, anybody uh, at HBO who wants to uh, lend us uh, lend producers, us. directors, oh, actors, okay. uh, editors, costume designers, anybody, uh, special effects folks to come on and uh, be interviewed, we'll gladly interview anybody from uh, this show uh, or uh, the Game of Thrones show uh, for our other Sister podcast, you know nothing, John Snow. So, uh, yeah, we're we're always uh, willing to. Uh, and and in, in lieu of that, hard cash works too. I was going to say we could also be bought. So yeah, if you just right. want to cut us a check and have us say nice things, we'll do that too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> for a very very small amount of money, you can run a blurb that says this is the best show since Breaking Bad. Yes. And, oh and shit! I... I just said that blurb now, didn't I? Damn. <laughs> I, I would specifically uh, like to ask HBO to. Uh, um, oh God, have there we go. Evan Rachel Wood uh, join us uh, because we'd love to uh, interview her specifically out of everybody in the cast, or I should say I would specifically like to. Interview her. <laughs> yes, you should specify yeah. that. Yes, um, but and for you know nothing, John Snow, we would let, gladly have uh, Sophie Turner as well uh, come on, and we'll discuss uh, the Game of Thrones show. But either way, let's get back to this episode here. Um, so this. Uh, Westworld show. Do we have any uh, general items about Westworld or uh, the show itself before we specifically discuss uh, the, I guess, the series and season premiere? Well, uh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say for those, if anybody skipped the first episode of this podcast, uh, you should listen to that to get an idea of what it's based on. Uh, but if you're not familiar with the general premise of this series. Um, there is a company, Delos, that runs uh, an amusement park called Westworld, where the inhabitants are robots programmed to act like characters from Western movies. Uh, and people pay lots of money to come live in the Old West uh, and shoot them up and roll around with horrors and drink whiskey. Yeah, it's almost like a, uh, a video game or role-playing game or cold uh, lap, lap, or whatever you call it. Um, LARPing. But, yeah, LARPing, but uh, a vacation like that with robots uh, that are very much like robots from, are pretty close to science fiction movies that we see otherwise, where the robots are almost uh, sentient, or, or they have a pretty damn good program. And uh, I think uh, that's where we may be going, based off of what we saw. Well, they've, they've done some really interesting things here, and I can't wait to talk about it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Michael Crichton apparently was unaware of the uh, the number of historical reenactors that were going to be available in the 21st century. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, a couple of things of note uh, based off of this episode here, because uh, prior to this episode, we really hadn't he heard or 
unless you probably dig dug deep and and I don't think either any of us the three of us did that but uh the music uh the music is composed by Ramin Djawadi uh the British um composer that actually does Game of Thrones and uh I did read that he also is buddies with Nolan uh uh Jonathan Jonathan is it Jonathan Nolan that, that's the guy right the mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it. I always screw up Jonathan and Christopher. Um, they brought this themselves. Uh, but Ramin Dijwadi uh, actually does uh, mu- music for the series uh, Person of Interest that you mentioned last week, Mike, uh, that Jonathan Nolan um, is a showrunner for as well. So uh, um, that's why they brought in Ramin Dijwadi, not just because of the HBO connection, but uh, it appears Nolan and him uh, both being British. Uh, and having worked in other shows before, our buddies. So, uh, and uh, there was one section of music in this episode I thought that was particularly brilliant, uh, where he pretty much composed a symphonic version of uh, the Rolling Stones song yes. "Painted Black," uh, and that was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, yes, I, I was. Uh, I was listening to it. And I go, I know this song. Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, I also we we discovered uh, I'm sure some people may have already known maybe even you Eric or Mike uh, based off of doing research online but I didn't really bother I wanted to go in as um, cold as possible except for the fact that I knew uh, Evan Rachel Wood was on the show and once again HBO we will gladly interview her if you want to lend her out to us for a few hours uh, guess what I'm doing right now Philip no what are you Oh, I'm, rolling, you, I'm, I'm rolling my eyes. Yes. Oh, jeez. But either way, uh, the cast is very much international. And when I say international, I mean very much international. I was very surprised. Uh, for example, they have American actors, obviously, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, they have English actors that have become American because they beca- decided to become American citizens, such as Anthony Hopkins. Uh, they have Ed Harris, who's American. But they do have other folks. Uh, they have a Norwegian actress, Ingrid Bolsey. Burdell, who, by the way, was in that, uh, and I believe in that scene, Eric, uh, where they did the Rolling Stones yeah, music. Yeah, she was. And, yeah, and Ingrid is well known for a number of uh, genre films, including The Cold Prey. She was uh, the survivor girl in that film. Uh, she was also in Chernobyl Diaries, among other films. Uh, so uh, folks who follow horror, uh, or Norwegian film for that matter, would know who she is. Uh, then... Uh, the actress uh, Sidzi Babbitt Knudsen uh, pra- plays Teresa Cullen. Uh, Teresa Cullen is the operation leader of uh, the the company that runs Westworld, and she. I was from- actually fairly interested in. Uh, I, I actually did look her up while I was watching the show because, for the most part, she does a pretty decent job of throwing on an American accent. But there was one scene in this episode where I could really detect her. Her. Uh, Danish. I uh, heard uh, Danish accent. I was like, what is that accent? <laughs> so I well, went to look it up. I'm sorry, which actress was this? Uh, this was uh, Sidzi Babbitt Nudson. She played uh, the woman, that executive, that, that basically runs the okay. whole operation. Right. Yep. So the, yep. the, right, the one that was playing with the creative people. That's yeah. right. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, then there's uh, Rodrigo Santoro. Uh, he plays the the bad guy uh, or the wanted man uh, in the same scene, Eric, uh, where they did the painted black. Uh, he's Brazilian. Uh, then they have uh, Luke Hemsworth, uh, the brother of 
uh, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, he plays the security dude in the, in the show, and he's uh, a uh, Australian. And it has uh, to suck to be him because probably everybody says his name like that. Luke Hemsworth, the brother of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, you probably. <laughs> well, he's actually. I think he's like Billy Baldwin because I think he's like the third. Yes, Hemsworth brother. Yeah, okay. he's also the brother of uh, uh, Liam. Well, the Hes- other guy who is Liam the brother Hesworth. of Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, who? Uh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth, who's uh, the the one from uh, the Hunger Games, as a matter of fact. And he was right. also in Triangle. He played. Uh, one of the actors in the in the movie Triangle that uh, mm-hmm. Eric, uh, myself, and Mike all like. Uh, so, then, so, he's, so he's not Jim Belushi. He's Jim Belushi's other brother. That's <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, or, or the Tilly sisters, right? There's three of them too. Um, then there's uh, uh, Simon Quarterman. He's an Englishman. He plays uh, the computer dude, the English computer dude. He keeps his English accent in, the, in this film. Uh, or the show, uh, and numerous other folks, but uh, it's it's a very very uh, large uh, cast of individuals, similar to Game of Thrones, and uh, there are no Canadians, I might say, that I know of. So we may luck out there. Woohoo! Jeez. Yeah. I, I just wonder if he said. I wonder which one he said. You know, I can do an American accent if you want. I said no, no, keep the British accent. You're supposed to be smart. You know, just oh, well, because Brit. I mean, he's a scientist and. British right. just sound smarter. You know what's funny, Mike? I was thinking that as well. I, I honestly was thinking that this afternoon that it, it didn't surprise me that they used an English person uh, as one of the lead scientists, uh, specifically. Well, not probably, maybe just be coincidentally, but I thought the same thing. Where English, they're either the bad guy or they're the smart guy. Yeah, I mean, and it's and we actually specified it depends on the type of. British accent, you know, they, the Cockney accent probably wouldn't work for. Oh right, that's scientist. That, Not that they can't be, but we stereotype when we cast films. Yeah, so well, we should say that the producers do because uh, we, we're just the viewers. We don't just stereotype; it's the producers that stereotype. <laughs> right. No one, no one has ever said she's too young and pretty to be a scientist, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, so. Um, Let's uh let's uh, discuss some stuff. Uh, so what did you guys um, think of the? Oh, go on. Well, first before um, I scarfed down food quickly because I got out of work very late tonight and uh, I was hiccuping as a result while you guys were talking about the music. They also used, if you notice, Black Hole Sun. I did not notice. Oh, it I was did. It, yeah, it was on the player piano. Oh, okay. Oh, all right, and that's from uh, Soundgarden, right? The, that yes. band Soundgarden. Yep. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll have to rewatch the show and, and check that out. Excellent. Yeah, I was like, like that, that sounds familiar, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's it. So apparently, that's in one of my uh, readings of reviews. That's a thing: is that they'll use some anachronistic music in the player piano, which actually well, I, I don't have a problem with because for an amusement park, it sort of makes well, sense. They might do something like that. Well, let me explain. Uh, there's an excellent line in the in this uh, episode where. Um, Anthony Hawkins, who plays basically the founder of the of the robots in the company, the bit main inventor and whatnot, uh, where he says that he has had a character that 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 spouted one of the robots spouted Shakespeare and Gertrude Stein, and he said, "I know Gertrude Stein's character. I mean, Gertrude Stein is post the old West, but I had to put it in anyway because I, I just like her as a, a author or something, and uh, so." It doesn't surprise me that they would do that with the music as well. So, um, yeah, 
So, anyway, that's, that's yeah. I have a feeling this is this is as we talked about. I think in the last episode that this is the sort of thing that has strayed from the original vision of genuine authenticity over its several decades of operation uh, to better satisfy the uh, partially the whims of the creators, but also the taste of the guests. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I should, oh, go on. Oh, sorry. And you notice, like there, there was a multi-ethnic cast. Uh, you have the whorehouse, the 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 madam of the whorehouse is uh, is black. You know, or at least who, half who, black. Yeah, that's by uh, Thady Sandy right. Newton, who's a half black actress. Uh, her her half her family is from originally from Zimbabwe, but she's a British actress. Her her I think her mother is English and her father's Zimbabwean. So, yep. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, and I should point out the the show did open to really solid ratings. Um, it's their highest premiere since the first episode of True Detective, which was uh, two and a half years ago, January 2014. And before that, it would have been 2010 with Boardwalk Empire. It hasn't broken the record by Game of Thrones, which was like four million, but three million for a first episode for a cable show is really really good. I just hope it. Uh, I hope it sustains viewership because uh, while I was really digging what was going on here, uh, I can imagine that some people who. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a comparison. Uh, in the first episode of Game of Thrones, you got um, two decapitations, incest, and a boy thrown out of a tower. Um, <laughs> Whereas this is this is moving a little more slowly than that, so I just hope that uh, people stick with it because I think what, where they're going with this is excellent, and I hope people can deal with the slower pace. No, well, I, I am I am an avowed sci-fi nerd, so I maybe I have an, uh, an edge up on normal people, uh, but I didn't find this confusing at all to watch. Whereas I think Game of Thrones was so thick that the first episode I could see losing people who weren't avid readers of the books. Well, um, and, uh, and those two and those two decapitations happen at the beginning, and then the incest and the boy push out the window happen at the end, and yeah, but, there's a whole lot of exposition and, and stuff in between. Well, yeah, but but a couple things, Mike. Uh, one, um, this was easy to understand because you and I and and I assume Eric as well were had seen the original movie just recently. I could see folks who didn't un, didn't read any blurbs or seen the original film would be confused and say, what the hell's going on here? So I think it could be considered as confusing as the first episode of Game of Thrones if you didn't know the backstory. And two, uh, for Eric's point, um, this this show did have uh, multiple nudes, both male and female. It had uh, implied robot rape. It had um, uh, a lot of murders. Holy shit, you're right. It did have implied robot rape. Yeah, and it had yeah, a lot you, of. You thought you were going to get away this week without any rape talk, didn't it, you? I, 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 I was it, wrong. And it got it had had uh, gunfights as well that were were fairly, um, I guess, uh, uh, graphic for for television. But again, yeah, you got to see a dude shot in the face. Yeah, yeah. so so there's a, there's a and, few things. And don't forget Robococks. <laughs> well, I already said that the, the nudity, but also. Um, uh, there was also you see a uh, scalping and a few other things too. Yeah. So. so, yeah, I think there's a lot that happened here. I can understand people being a bit confused, and I, there's stuff I would I really had hoped, but I didn't have the time to rewatch it tonight before podcasting, um, because I'm sure there's stuff I I missed or will have forgotten because it is kind of dense. 
Um, yeah. But I did very much like what I saw. Also, I'm still uh, confused about the, a couple of things. Um, even even the, ro- the implied robot rape may not have been what it really what we thought it was because they close the door and we don't see what happens. And then based off of what the character, uh, the male character, does later in the film or, or the episode, I'm beginning to think that maybe he didn't. Act, it wasn't a, a rape after all, and it may have been a mutilation because. He's trying to figure out something in it, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. So we're not sure. I mean, I'm 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 a little more in the belief that the Ed Harris character could be um, rather than a Taurus slash sadist. He may be um, um, what, what, what's the term uh, when when a company tries to steal other companies' things. Oh, a uh, corporate espionage? Yeah, he could be either corporate espionage or or something of that nature. So, hmm. or, or he could even be an a agent that's maybe trying to prevent a, a robotic uh, apocalypse. But well, I'll discuss in why and all that when when we we get into the spoiler territory part of this uh, episode. Um, so let's let's talk about the the credits and the music at the beginning. Um, uh. I was uh, actually a little disappointed compared to Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones was really catchy. But again, I shouldn't be comparing this to Game of Thrones. For any other show, I guess it's good. Uh, what did you guys think of the beginning? Well, the music isn't really uh, – it's not something people are going to be singing. Yeah, um, it's not memorable, right? <laughs> yeah, it didn't really have a, a memorable theme that sticks with you. Um, I did enjoy the visuals. Um, I really, I really enjoy – uh, how this place kind of 3D prints all of their robots, uh, and they kind of go through that during the opening credits, and I thought that that was uh, visually very striking. I was going to say that, Eric, because uh, when we did last week's episode, I jokingly said, oh, the samurais that were made by 3D printers, you know, uh-huh. in, in, in the Future World episode, uh, movie. Right. And I said that just as a joke, because it kind of was, even though they just vaporized it and appeared or something. But it appears they're actually going that way for this this series. Well, and it makes sense, actually. Yeah, it, it, it sure does. Right, and it's well, that's one thing. It's a nitpicking thing, and I know it's me, but it's uh, with it's a quaint uh, notion from the the seventy three film that when you get inside the robot, it's all these rectangular circuit boards. It just looks like somebody the guts of your old Commodore sixty four, mm-hmm. which admittedly would have been a supercomputer in nineteen seventy three. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if you're going to build convincing you know, robots that could pass scrutiny as, as as living humans or horses. You would have to do something like what they're doing, where you have to replicate artificial muscle uh-huh. and internal skeletal structure and, and other things. You saw, I think, them putting, it looked like an oversized heart inside the horse uh-huh. at one point in the story. So, yeah, the whole idea of them doing this uh, 3D printing, um, and, you know, they're all white inside, so maybe this is leading us to uh, Wayland yutani and to the Aliens franchise. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, now, uh, the, so we got the 3D printing. We got um, uh, what else um, based off well, of the technology? Oh, well, I will oh, also we, say, you're right. The, the music wasn't very catchy. I mean, you can point to, wait for Phil to roll his eyes, uh, something like uh, Firefly, you know, which used I th- you know, a, a futuristic Western theme that I thought was catchy and that I thought was would stick with you. Mm-hmm. So it didn't quite click with me here. Game of Thrones is just 
one of the best theme songs ever put to TV. So it's probably an unfair comparison. But yeah, it was it was okay. Yeah, I, I mean, certain famous television series, you know, like Star Trek. I mean, that, that everybody knows that music. Everybody knows um, Game of Thrones music. Who's who's seen the show? Obviously. Um, but yeah, this one this one is more in the generic rather than uh, the one, memorable. So I think we're all on board or agree on that. Um, did, now, let me ask you this. Based off of what we saw here, I don't think they're going to go, or at least not the first season anyway, they're going to go with anything but Westworld. In other words, there is no Roman world or medieval world at all because it wasn't referenced once. So I'm assuming this is show is really just Westworld and Westworld only. Maybe in the future seasons, if the show lasts, they may start creating new worlds and say, you know, hey, let's expand and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But what do you guys think? Do you think uh, that, yeah, that there is no other world? I I think you are correct in that they're just going to concentrate on Westworld here. Yeah, okay. I think this this episode stuck strictly from, or not strictly, but mostly from the bot's point of view, not as much from the guest's. And from the looks of, spoiler warning, next week's episode, they may flip that around because it looks like you're seeing some guests as they enter into Westworld. I saw that too, yeah. Now, I think what's interesting is they mentioned that the last time they had any technical problems was 30 years ago. And if you go back 30 years ago, well, that would have been 1976 or no, 1986. Uh, well, yeah, but Mike, yeah. Um, uh, based off of that comment, and when I was watching the the episode two, I j- immediately just assumed that this is a hundred years in the future. This isn't supposed to be present day two thousand and fifteen. Well, here, here's well, my they point. Don't, they don't say, but go on, Mike. Right? Is that that gets us to nineteen eighty six, and technically this was being filmed for like the last two years, so you can even bump it back a couple years before that, which puts in the early to mid eighties, which is when the Westworld and Future World films were set. Oh, I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. That's interesting. And there's a scene where they go down to the lower level, and I don't know. I don't. I might be wrong. I don't think it's an exact replica, but it's certainly reminiscent of uh, where you see the uh, was it Delos? You saw like the Welcome to Delos globe, and it looked like you know with the yes with the, the stairs or the escalators. Kind of reminded me of the the welcoming set or the opening set to either future. Oh, world so or so 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 like a, a wink to the original films. It could right. be a wink to it. It's, it could be, you know, pretending that there's more than just a, a small tie into the original series. Uh, sort of how you can look at the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake as also a sequel because Kevin McCarthy comes in, uh, still screaming about the aliens trying to take over. It really could be you know, where that has gone 20 years later. So, uh, I mean, it's, it, it could go either way, but it's, it was an interesting nod. So it just makes me wonder what has happened and transpired in the past. Is uh, West, you know, maybe there was at one point a Roman world and a medieval world, and people just decided they'd rather smell horse shit than. Well, I, I would. I agree, with, I would agree with that, Mike. If they had um, referenced it in passing once in the episode, and they didn't. So. Well, there's. They stuck mostly to Westworld in this episode. We'll we'll find out more. I agree with you. They probably were just sticking with Westworld. You know, I'm just saying I wouldn't necessarily rule it out to see a mention of it later, but I, I doubt it. Yeah, I, I think the most uh, on, on a I guess a uh, um, switch topics. Um, uh, I think the most compelling line of the whole film 
or episode was uh, when the Teresa Collin character, that's the, the woman who basically runs the, the whole thing, says to the English um, computer programmer when they're out looking over the, the world from a deck, uh, she says that there's three groups of people that are that are that this this world is important to it's the the business folk it's the, um the guests and then it's us and then, and basically she's questioning you know this english guy's what what he's really planning and and whatnot and that's why she says this but i think that was telling of where they're going to go with this series because um it's not just um like the the first movie with Crichton, where it was the guests just trying to survive, and and the world just goes haywire. But it's going to be more to do with these three, three three groups, and maybe even the fourth group if you want to include the robots, which she didn't even mention because obviously it's not uh, you know they're they're supposed to just be um, toys in the park. But um, I think it was very telling. At least that's my opinion. What did you guys think of that line? It was or, fine. I don't think I latched onto it like you did but yeah that's that's what i meant to ask did you guys latch on to the same feeling as i did okay so you didn't what are you mike well i think i don't know if i latched onto that line but i certainly latched onto um conversations that they had otherwise which is you know the like the the one comment uh to the english programmer where she says something like you're smart enough or clever enough to realize there's more going on here but not smart enough to figure out what it is Okay. Uh, remember, there, or it was something to that effect, yeah. and yeah. So it's clearly there. Are, there are the four players here, which we see the the guests, we see the the bots, we see the the, the hosts. Um, there are the workers, and then there's whoever's in charge of the workers, right? There's whoever the executives are, right? And they 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 made it very Board very clear, whoever right? They, are. they made it very very clear that there's more here than meets the eye. Um, Maybe they're going to send the androids out into space to mine the rings of Saturn or something like that. <laughs> um, well, there's some uh, there's some very specific things I want to talk about regarding this episode and the series in general. Um, but I I'm going to have to attack it myself from my own angle. Um, so if it's okay, I'd like to do that and throw up a little spoiler flag since I'm going to have to. Well, let's, go let's into just. The, Let's just throw up the spoiler flag right now and and say that from this point on we're we're going to be discussing anything and everything about the episode. Okay. All right. So let's do that. Fair okay, enough. it's done. Go ahead, Eric. Okay. So um, what I found myself really enjoying, and particularly I did have a chance to watch this again um, before we recorded tonight, and what I particularly liked is that this, even though this is uh, either you know somewhere we don't know about right now or set in the future. Uh, this has a lot of ties in reality, um, and I have some very specific things I mean when I'm talking about that. So this series, we have uh, a character played by Anthony Hopkins. His name is Dr. Robert Ford, and apparently he is the founder of this whole place, or at least he was the head programmer when they started. Yeah, the inventor. Uh, yeah, the inventor of the cowboy bot, I guess. Um, so... Uh, I work at a company that produces software, and there are several things going on here um, <laughs> that, that I appreciated. One is that Dr. Robert Ford kind of I've, – I've been at companies before where this is the case where he's like the founder, and he's still around, and everybody at the company owes him so much 
that they really can't say no to him, but at the same time, every once in a while, they just kind of wish he'd stop. Uh, and I guess kind of the same vibe going on here uh, with Anthony Hopkins' character, which is, yes, he's a genius. Yes, he's the guy that came up with this whole thing. But at this point, the people who are in charge are just like, man, I just wish he'd stop messing with stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I get that too, Eric. I, because uh, I've, I've worked in a company in the past where, where there was these two founders of the company. They sold out to a big company, and um, they made it in their contract that they could stay on for 20 years or something mm-hmm, and, and just mm-hmm. basically have an office and get paid and do nothing. And in reality, people wanted them to go, but you know, because the new people want to take over. They're creating the company how they want it to be, and then you just have these – these dinosaurs who really don't have any power anymore, but are still there, mm-hmm. and uh, and so forth, and and as a result, it's almost like a um, a roadblock for the, these new people to do what they really want to do because the you know the the grandfather is still there and they're waiting right. for him to leave. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so there's that aspect going on, which I really appreciated. Also, I don't think it's a spoiler so much, at least not if you have any idea what the first movie is about. Um, but eventually we're going to get to the point where all the robots start going haywire here. Uh, and they're setting this up beautifully in, in, in two different aspects, uh, that are, that are, that are real things, um, tied to the real world. And these two things are, this is what I'm talking about. One is that these robots, um, they get pulled every night, uh, and have their memory erased. Um, and then put back out so that they don't remember what happened before and they can start their storyline over again. Um, Eric, Eric, I don't even know if they were pulled. I mean, they may even have like a, a Bluetooth. They, yeah, they, 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 they could do it wirelessly or, or yeah. whatever. But on a regular yeah. basis, these bots have their memories wiped. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking that one of the reasons they do this is so that the, their memories can't affect their actions going forward. So since clear, clearly they're meant to... Uh, have enough uh, artificial intelligence to be able to react to events. So there's this going on. Um, and uh, one of the things that happens during this episode is this, this Anthony Hopkins character, Dr. Ford um, slips some of his own code into an update that goes out to all the robots. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, nobody, nobody knew about it. Nobody, nobody tested it. Uh, and it does not behave as expected. Ooh, now, this uh, is, I have to oh. say that was a good catch because it did, never occurred to me that maybe Anthony Hopkins' character, intentionally or unintentionally, is is the one that's fucking up the robots. Oh, because, I, I don't know if it's intentional, but he's completely the one that did it. See, I didn't. Uh, think, I didn't why. catch that. Wow, that's a good and here's, catch. And, and here's why: because. Clearly, okay. There's there's different ways you can you can erase information on a computer. Um, you can securely erase it, which means you write ones and zeros over all the sectors of the disk. And I know I'm getting a little bit geeky here, but stay with me. Um, or the way most people erase it, if you just go into your disk utility in your computer and say erase the drive, what it does it just erases the, uh, the sector. Yeah, yeah, the the pointer, the pointer. Yeah, it erases the sector at the beginning of the disks where the operating system looks to point to the file map. And it erases that so it can't find the file map. So it doesn't know where all the information is. But but it's still there. there. Um, So what what Anthony Hopkins' character has done is he's released 
this piece of code that what it does is kind of accesses those uh, unerased records uh, to create unique gestures for each of the robots. Um, but I believe what's going on here is that, well, first of all, he, he clearly didn't consult with anybody before he rolled this into the release. Uh, and also it clearly wasn't tested. And this is, I work for some of the, a company that produces software. And if you don't test some, something properly and release it too quickly, you get unexpected results, uh, and have to roll it back. And that's what they're doing at the end of this episode is they're rolling it back. They say, Oh, something's messed up with this code. We're going to roll it back. Um, but, uh, I believe that's what, what's happening here is that because the code that he pushed out allowed them to access their still unerased memories that it's going to change their behavior and defeat the purpose of erasing their memories in the, in the first place. So they're they're like living Mike, Mike, did you catch that? Well, I caught that. Well, I I got a lot of it. First of all, I forgot the third way to erase stuff from your computer, which is to have your cat, which is that. Oh, oh, fourth way is to have your cat sit on the keyboard. Um, All I, I have to do is uh, ask Hillary Clinton. They have a uh, software oh, and, yeah, and hammers. Doesn't want to talk about politics. Oh, I don't. I just so, all right. Anyway, yeah, it's um, yeah. Well, they, well, see, my take on Anthony Hopkins. You're right. He's like the eccentric kind of grandfather, but he's still the guy innovating, right? Because mm-hmm. he talks about now the 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 business people, the ones who lack the the artistic sense, don't appreciate the aesthetics. Of what Robert Ford is doing, but um, the other guy, uh, like what, uh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, uh, the other uh, glasses, the, bla- dude? The, the black the gla- guy. Yeah, yeah, black guy. I was trying to try not to go there. Uh, <laughs> I said glasses, dude. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright. Thank you. I was because I knew his name. I was quite like, right. So Jeffrey Wright, whatever the character's name, Jeffrey Wright. Um, you know, he notes the. The, the the one woman executive or the way her eyebrow furls and and he the appreciates woman. The right woman. he appreciates the uh the, you know the nuance and subtle gestures so unlike you know these people that were at Phil's company that just got to sit around and play with themselves for twenty years you know here's a guy who's still pushing the envelope and he's someone who's invested in his creation and it continually invests in improving them whether or not he knows where they're going we'll find out. Um, and you're right, sort of like this, I was just thinking this is like forced memento, right, for that they they keep rewriting every uh-huh. day, they wipe out their memories, and so they'll never be able to learn or to grow, and so being able to access those memories. I would like to interject, Mike, that was an excellent uh, analogy to bring up Memento the movie, because it was uh, written by Jonathan Nolan. Well, right, excellent point. I that, that connection completely slipped my mind. But yes, um, so... That's getting into play. And, of course, they also did Inception, so which had a lot to do with dreams and memories and other things. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it was clear. They said, they said that it was the new update, which I assumed that Anthony Hopkins had written. By the way, do you know who Robert Ford is? Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Well, no, the, the name Robert Ford from the Old West is the name of the guy who shot Jesse James. Um, oh, a wink to the audience. Um, so if you've seen the movie with Brad Pitt, this – it's the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford or something like that. I thought I thought uh, it was the assassination of of uh, Brad Pitt by Angelina Jolie. Oh, sorry. So yeah, so that's so now now how that 
plays into this, I don't know, or that they just take the name, you know, I have no idea. But uh, we'll see. What, what I, I, think, I think it was a, a wink more than anything else. Uh, we'll see. You we'll know, like Doctor Doctor Lo- Loomis from from Psycho in Halloween type of thing. Yes. Just sorry, Mike, but to quickly yeah. finish up my my whole whole train of thought there, uh, which is that I really enjoyed how they're they're uh, in the, in the movie from the seventies. They were basically they basically described a computer viruses before they were in the wild. Uh, they were like, yeah, somehow this this the sickness is spreading from robot to robot. Um, Whereas today we know about all that and how it works, and they're—it seems like they're very intentionally tying everything in to how computer shit actually works. And as somebody who has written software and deals with software on a daily basis, I really appreciate that. Indeed. Well, as somebody who's cursed at software, for, for, I, for, I, folks, I I, for folks who don't know, me and Eric are in IT, so. Just a, a heads up. So me, me and Eric, I think we, we'll be talking a lot of that crap. Well, on dark discussions, you'll hear Mike talking about biology. Well, and that's, but you know, but that's for those of us who like to learn shit. You know, that's the kind of thing that I'm, I'm kind of interested in. So, I mean, I knew, like what you said, the the, the memory, the wiping of the memories, but it's not the something of uh, uh, that I would have been bringing into this as a viewer. Uh, right, I knew right. how. The two ways that you you delete it and then you delete it, delete it, right? The right, <laughs> and, and you I, delete yeah. it or you really delete it, right? Or you use a hammer or a cat's ass or a drill, yeah. Um. Anyway, so there's that. But it's I, I, by the way. Speaking of nods, I'm wondering if uh, because here you have this little fantasy land where. Guests come to visit. Did you notice there was a, an office for Doctor O'Rourke? Yeah, what's no. that mean? So I was wondering if that was like a nod to Mister O'Rourke from Fantasy Island. Oh, that's mm. I, you know what? I wouldn't doubt it, Mike. So that, I just, that, I, that would, just that would make sense. I'm just wondering if that was sort of a, a, a fun nod, or it could have been just completely coincidental. Um, I'm sure that we will not be seeing seeing Ricardo Montalban making a, an appearance anytime soon. No, he, he's passed, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, as but well as as tattoo as well, tattoo is passed as well. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's um. So this is clearly where this the series is going to be going is about the 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 sentience gained by the computers, and it sort of makes sense. You're dealing with um, the original film dealing with anxieties from its time period, and that was about. Uh, especially Future World was about mechani- uh, mechanization of the labor force. Robots replacing people, and now you're at the point where we have things like Siri and Cortana and uh, uh, what's Alexa for uh, Amazon. There's more concern and people talking more and more about how every day we get a little bit closer to real computers. And think about, let's say, the AI in video games, and we keep pushing and pushing and pushing to make it more real make the experience more real and have the, the uh, non-player characters act in more believable ways. And at one point, do we end up making them so real that they become they're real? actually real, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I mean, there's, there's been films that have done the whole virtual reality stuff, you know, uh, 13th Floor and The Matrix and stuff. So so this is somewhere in, the, in that 
bubble, even though we're talking about a lop world rather than a virtual reality world. But it's the same premise, right, Mike, where, where you either have a virtual reality being that becomes sentient or, in this case, a, a lop being that becomes sentient. And Well, if you've been to Ren Fairs, I'm not entirely sure those people are sentient. Well, that's a fair <laughs> point. That's a fair point, yeah. yeah. Oh, bird! Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, brothers and sisters. Uh, you're, you're, you're a different type of nerd than I am, so therefore I must hate you and destroy you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's exterminate. But, so you're right. This is this is playing off of because again, where we are in 1973, you, you know, they were they were at pong levels of video games. That's right. Where now we're in Grand Theft Auto and Skyrim. That's right, you and know, Far Cry, and and and, 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 and uh, Warcraft, and stuff like that. And so this is taking that same idea. What if you could? What if you could put yourself? Oh, and, and, and Candy uh, Crush. And, Candy Crush. Well, <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. But anyway. Fruit Ninja. So we put ourselves. So this is what if you could put yourself in, uh, you know, in a grand, in, a, in what's that? A Red Dead Redemption. Angry Birds. What if you could put yourself in something like Red Dead Redemption for real? You know, yeah, instead of yeah, just playing on the video game. But of course, because the zombie so... version, though. What about the zombie version? Or, well, they don't have zombie world yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key, yet. Uh, no, but one of the things about this world that I kind of appreciated when they were showing it to us is that they, uh, uh, apparently their approach here is that all of their, they call them hosts instead of robots, uh, all of their hosts are programmed with storylines that they will continue to act out until they're interrupted. And they show a couple different examples of this, where uh, one example is when this cowboy character goes into the saloon, the first time he meets up with his prostitute who says something to him, and he says something back. And the first time we see this, uh, Thandie Newton character uh, drops a drops a one-liner about... Uh, paying for sex and says you're you're always paying the only difference is we have our rights listed on the door um and then uh we see the exact same sequence of events unfurl a second time only this time when he says that about paying for sex dandy newton is involved entertaining some guests yeah um so so i just found it really interesting that all these hosts are programmed to go about doing their thing and they will just keep on going until they interact with a visitor, now, uh, and, I, and I found that kind of interesting. I, I want to mention that that the prostitute, the other prostitute, not the Thandie, uh, Thandie, um, uh, whatever her first name is, uh, the Thandie Newton's character, who's, who's supposed to be the madam, the prostitute played by um, uh, Angela Yeah, yeah, Seraphine. Uh, but uh, the apparently the character's name is Clementine Pennyfeather. Right, which is as English as you can get. That's which is. What are the our American ancestors are, but uh, specifically Eric Webster. But um, she is actually, even though she had a small role in this episode, the Clementine Penny Feather character, she is part of the main cast. So that was uh, interesting um, to note that certain characters that played small roles in this episode will be major players as we go forward. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that up as well. Um, well, yeah, it's like they're, they're, they're setting up a fairly massive world uh, here in this western town, so I, I'm going to give them a little while to get it built. Right. Now, Eric, that, that whole thing about having the preset routine, and that reminds me of a lot of, let's say it's like Skyrim, where 
let's say there's a, every character or major character has a preset daily routine. So the blacksmith leaves his house at a certain time and then follows a pattern. And so you always can figure out where to find him, but it's to give a simulation of life to the town. That at a certain hour, a character will be in the bar, and another hour, they'll be at their place of business. Uh-huh. And that very much reminds me of this, is that all these non-player characters are going through their routines until right. the player character decides to stop and hit the A button to have a conversation. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it was uh, like. And Mike, uh, yeah, for like Fallout's another one because Fallout, you know, the stores will be yep. closed between certain hours, and then the other hours, you know, there's the, the the person man in the store, while the other hour they're at home, and yeah, so it's it's similar to that. Um, now let me ask you this: um, we're, we're introduced to uh, Evan Rachel Wood's character Dolores Abernathy um, as a. Uh, a robot right from the beginning because they start, she's sitting naked and they're questioning her and there's a fly that crawls over her eye, meaning she's unconscious or, you know, not, she's a robot. It doesn't matter that the flies on her eye and flies play a big part in this, this show. There's dozens of flies, uh, this episode where you see them all over the place. And, and so they're trained. Well, it's, it's specific (laughs) to what happens at the end. Um, but yes, but it, it's an interesting little symbol thing that they throw in there. But basically, um, they trick us the first ten minutes of the the show because yes, they, they do. They're talking about the guests and how they new guests come in and all that. And we we meet we meet James Marsden's character, and we're tricked to believe that he's a guest. And and we find out surprisingly that he's not. And based off of anybody who's watched the original movie. You think the gunslinger, which was played by Yul Brenner, you know, you know he's a robot. Yet we find out the gunslinger character here is actually a guest, which is Ed Harris. And I thought that was interesting how they did all that and, and they tricked all of us. Yeah, those I bastards so too. Yeah, it was it was kind of a little good uh, nod to anybody who was familiar with the movie to be tricked in a sense. And I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, well, let's, let, let me ask the the, yeah. the ending. Uh, if I could jump to that, Since yeah, we, we the, could talk. We could talk about anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Since you brought up the Lord of the Flies, now I might have been um, trying to think. I might have been tipped uh, more more conscience. I was having watched, uh, having done the episode of Psycho recently. Yeah, um, we we we, t- we did that on Dark Discussions podcast. So uh, the two hundred and fiftieth episode of that podcast uh we did a review and critique of psycho and right so he has that little monologue at the end said, just gonna sit right here and there won't be don't they won't expect anything they, I, they'll say she wouldn't even hurt a fly you know and the, the fly <laughs> flying around and so that 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 is fairly recently in my back of my brain and so you notice the flies often and it's not until later on, and maybe about two thirds of the way through, where they say something like, "Oh, she—you know—they can't even hurt a fly. They wouldn't even hurt a fly." And that, to me, kind of hung a hat on it. That telegraphed uh-huh. that yep, to yep. me telegraphed the ending. And I said, "Well, I know how this is going to end. It's going to end with her somebody smacking the fly." Yeah, um, robot smacking a fly. Yeah. Yeah. But now, did did you guys see that coming? I did not, Mike. Because well, on, I, honestly, I missed that line. Okay. So did you did you catch that line, Eric? I, I did not catch the specific. They, they can't even hurt a fly line. I did notice that uh, when they were, uh, well, I was thinking of it as an interrogation, but <laughs> when they were questioning Dolores Abernathy, 
uh, and they asked her if um, she would ever hurt any of the guests. She said, no, I would never hurt anything. And then, like, the very next thing, she smacks that fly. And they're like, yeah. ooh, she is either intentionally lying or unaware that she can hurt things. Right, yeah. It, well, and that's another thing, too, they set up, because they have the Hemsworth, uh, uh, his character, ask, are you lying to me, uh, uh, Dor- Doris? And and the thing is, is, is you know, you know, I mean, if you're a criminal or someone that's trying to hide something, you're going to lie even for that question, too, right? You're going to go, uh, no, I, w- I would never lie to you. So right. her answer means nothing because, you know, if you don't want people to know that you're lying, you're going to you're just going to say, no, I am not lying. So so that was interesting. And then what you just said, Eric, makes it even more of an interesting statement because maybe she was telling the truth. But, as far as she knows. Yeah, as far as she knows, and she's just, um, you know, taking that new code update from the Anthony Hopkins character, unaware that it's now part of her, and now she's doing what humans would do, which is swat a fly. Mm-hmm. So, right, and, and there's no shortage of human beings who I'm sure you would say, you know, would say that they're not violent and they would never harm anyone and never harm anything, and then would but proceed then to smack the shit out of fly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so... I don't necessarily know that they, that she was being intentionally deceitful. She could have been. We don't know wait know nearly enough about the internal lives of these characters yet. Um, but like you mentioned, you know, interrogation to them, this is like getting a diagnostic off you know off your car. You know, you 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 don't expect to plug the diagnostic into your your engine and, and have it lie to you. All right. You know, right. and so the idea of these being capable of lying. Is probably something they haven't even considered yet. Right, right, right. And, and I, I like your point there, Mike. Which is, uh, yeah, if you ask, you know, your, your next door neighbor, have, would you kill? They would say, obviously, no. Yeah, you know, yesterday they slaughtered the, the mosquito that was biting them. So, to the robot to say that, she had it could be three things. She was lying. She was telling the truth, like your neighbor would, because. You know, you, you swat a mosquito, you just do it. You know, it's, it's, that's not killing because, I mean, it's killing, but you know what I'm talking, technically you know what I'm talking about. And then the third thing is, is, uh, it could be what you, you, which is she is telling the truth or, 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 I mean, so yeah, because it's like a diagnostic, you know, the robot is a diagnostic and yet only Anthony Hawkins knows that now they're evolving or maybe he doesn't even know too. I don't know. So See, that's that's what I'm interested to find out. I'm curious. Ah, curious is the word I was trying to get out of my mouth there. I'm curious as to whether he is intentionally trying to set about an evolution of the hosts, or whether he was just trying to get these little significant uh, uh, those distinct actions into each character and has done this unintentionally. And you know what, Eric, now that I'm thinking about it, based off of you bringing this all up, because, again, I didn't catch that he had, he had did this, um, I'm thinking that maybe he is trying to have them become sentient intentionally based off of how his interaction was with the Generation 1 cowboy that he was talking to. It made mm-hmm. me feel like that he considers them um, more than just machines but possibly like how we you know you guys and myself look at our pets you who, know as who has this who has the conversation about evolution 
that says how humankind has evolved and gotten to this point, but we're that, that was uh, that was Anthony Hopkins. That was Anthony Hopkins, right? Yeah. So I thought so now, and there have been those who said that that the artificial intelligence will be our progeny, and they'll mm-hmm. conti- they're the next stage in our evolution, um, and especially you get people talking about the. Oh, because uh, and what was it? The woman that runs the company that says, or was it Anthony Hopkins that says that we're we won't we've evolved to and this is it because that's Anthony Hopkins. Yes. He said yeah. that too. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, maybe he's already looking at mankind as kaput or or whether and there he, are some people, of course, who talk about the idea of the singularity, right, or the the moment where we can download our our, our consciousness into a computer. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and even then, I've always I've been thinking about that for years myself because like we've seen that in in a number of films like the Sixth Day or I think that it was with with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and things like that and uh, and even Star Trek uh, you know you know beam me up Scotty and I've always wondered even though you can move your conscience into a another version of you or you've been zapped and reconfigured. Are you the, still the same person? I mean, you may think you are because you have the same memories as you did before, but you're really not because the original you has either been destroyed in the beam me up or has died in the movie The Sixth Day. So here, I I, I don't know if it, whether Anthony Hopkins' character is saying, oh, we, we can eventually move to the next phase, but it's, it's still not you. There was a... Uh a short story, early 90s, uh, which was an award-winning short story called Think Like a Dinosaur, uh. um, where the dinosaurs were a nickname for an alien race that had made contact with humans and shared their technology with humans, and one of which was a teleportation machine, mm. and you know, which dismantles you on one side and reassembles you on the other. Mm-hmm. And the character in the short story, his... He's reassembled on the other side, but it goes wrong on the on the sending end, so he doesn't get destroyed mm. at the original platform. And so now there's two, two of them, of them. Yeah. and and they have to destroy him, so that there isn't, right? <laughs> you know, and it's um, and it's sort of an interesting idea. Yeah, when you know, when are you you? And this gets back to the idea of do you have? Is there really an intangible soul to you, or are you just the the bucket of bolts, you know, the the molecules and the chemicals, and with the the delusion of consciousness? Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point that you brought up the soul because you're right. If the soul is moved, assuming there is a soul and, and it's moved, then you're right. Then it it is you that's moved to the computer or to the new body. But if there's no soul, then I guess I would be right, which is. Yeah, you're not the same person anymore, even if you had the same uh, same memories. Right. So well, that, that also brings yeah. up the idea that if you do then have artificial beings, um, like what's her name, Dolores, or yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Dolores uh, Abernathy. Abernathy. Right. So yeah. if if humans have souls, and uh, actually, actually, it's Doris. Doris. I'm sorry. Doris. Doris Abernathy. If humans have souls... No, no, it's Dolores. No, it's Dolores. I was right the first time. Sorry. Anyway, continue. If Ed Harris's character has a soul, <laughs> <laughs> and the and the you know, can does that mean will what happens when the host gets something approximating human intelligence or perhaps exceeding human intelligence? Would 
they get a soul or not and if we don't you know and if we don't have a soul then how does that make our intelligence any any different from the androids and th- these are you know these are really important questions i mean you can go back to not that i want to get in this debate right now but you know you can get the argument of uh, over abortion you know is when they say well where does human life begin they're not really talking anymore about the biological tissue which we know the biological tissue is living from at the moment of conception and arguably before conception because the egg and the sperm are alive it's when does it become um a, a being with a soul a being with rights and so forth and that's where the debate's always been and that's and why right. we're never and because if, we can't measure that that's why there'll, there'll never be a clear consensus if, and i don't if, think you're going to have a scientist come out and say it's at uh, 123 days you know it's now, not going to be if i can interject yeah that's that's where the theological debate is about cloning because if humans are created as a clone they don't have a soul is what some theological people say and then you also have have the some theological people who say that animals are don't have souls either they only have and then some people say there's a some have spirits which aren't the same thing as souls and all this other stuff so i, I see a point where you're going it's, well it's, i know my cats don't have soul because i've seen them dance <laughs> but yeah it's um yeah, it's 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 a deep question, but it's a, it's a question. It's the counting how many angels on the head of a pin, right? It's it's a it's a question that's an interesting one to ponder. But ultimately, we will not have a real final answer. All we'll ever have is an answer that satisfies you personally at best, and say, "Oh, I'm good with that," because you just got tired of thinking about it, or you know, it just satisfies you to the level you want to be satisfied. And you, once you get there, you don't want to talk about it anymore. I've, I've got but, my opinion. On but, Mike, in, in this case here, it may not even matter. Let's say the soul doesn't even exist, and so the theological part doesn't matter. The question then would be, if you're sentient, do you, do you have right? And then you, you can even say further than that, because obviously animals are sentient, and yet, you know, they're used for food. Uh, our, when robots are sentient, but don't we're not going to use them for food? Obviously, are they considered equals to humans, or are they like livestock? So, so that, see, there's another thing that, that we're going to be going through, I think, in this show too, because you could say, oh, it doesn't matter if you kill a robot or beat them up or do whatever you want to them, because they're not humans. Or, but maybe they'll throw in, you know, they could even go or on. Are they? Right. Well, and, and then they yeah. could even go on to another thing, Eric, which is, well, okay, they're not humans, but. You still have to treat them with "quote unquote" animal rights, you know, like like we do with animals. You can't, you have to be humane. So that's another thing. So will they eventually? Are they going to go in to the show in a route where they're equals, or are they not equals? But you still have to be humane, or does it even matter because they're not humans? And can they be proven to have be sentient when, in fact, they're still just zeros and ones that are going through it? You know the the computer, so I, I don't know. It's it's going to be a, interesting where they're going to go, and they probably won't even even touch half of the things that we're even talking about right now. Well, who knows? We'll find out. No, but I suspect that the answer for the part of the show is more or less going to be yes, because if the answer is no, it's going to be a fairly short and uninteresting series. <laughs> Blow right. them all up. Well, they're definitely going to go sentient. The question is, wh- how where are they going to go? Is it going to be a rebellion like in the first film? Is it going to be um, um, turning them into, you know, they're going to take over and become the leader? You know, who knows? I mean, it's going to be, it's curious where they're going. I don't know. 
Yeah, who knows? Well, and here, here's the thing. I think eventually we will get there, uh, but it's going to be much more gradual than in the first film. And the reason we're going to go that there is because of this piece of cold code that uh, Ford just rolled out, which is allowing them to access their previ- previous memories. They're going to remember what has been done to them by humans, uh, which is generally, you know, raping and killing. Uh, <laughs> and they're not going to be too happy about it, and they're going to fight back. It'll be like Koba in uh, in the New Planet of the Apes series. Well, and, and Eric, it also comes down to yeah, that's a good point uh, analogy, Mike. But it also comes down to how are they created? These robots are they created with the flaw that humans have, which is uh, we're apt to turn to violence, or are they going to be created with the the uh, Isaac Asanoff way, which is they're more good than vengeful you see and but if if they go that way then maybe the show would be over in two days but two episodes but you know you see what i'm saying because yeah if, yeah, if they're yeah, so if they're flawed like humans you're right then they're gonna go ape shit and say we remember what you did and we're gonna kill you and all this but uh, it would be it'll be curious it'll be curious to see but if there's re- a, remember well, a lot of the Asimov stories were about finding those loopholes to those those laws that the robots had all <laughs> right uh, now, Phil, you, you, I think you have some stuff to say about Ed Harris's character. Let's go there. Because uh, I didn't know what to think about this guy other than he's just a, he's a little nuts. Yeah, I, I, I think they, based off of the first scene where it appears that he's going to rape. The implied the, robot rape, yes. Yeah, of the Evan Rachel Wood uh, Dolores Abernathy character. It looked like he's going to rape her, and he may have. I mean, I'm still not 100% convinced based off of what happens later in the in the show but maybe maybe he's both maybe he's a rapist i mean a scumbag and more than just being a scumbag but um i'm i'm also looking at it as he's looking at these things as not human in other words he's and he's not even looking at them as animals he's just looking at them as machines so what he does right. to them he so I don't even know if he's he's quote unquote evil even though it, it's implied based off of what he does uh, because Mike and you Eric we discussed last week how would we what would we do if we had the chance to go in this world and me and Mike specifically stated that we would feel kind of gross or uncomfortable being the bad guy and killing the robots because even though they're just robots it's kind of you know, like in video games, me and Mike always play the good person because it just is distasteful for us to be the evil person. But some people would. You guys need to tarp it, tap into your dark side. Well, and, and that's the thing. So is, is Ed Harris just, tar, you know, tapping into his dark side? Because, I mean, there's a scene on on the um, the train where two people are saying, yeah, last time I came, I was an evil bastard. And it was a fun playing the evil bastard. It was the greatest time of my, my two weeks. Um, but right, uh, said, but but I, he said first time I came was with the family and the kids, and I was a white hat straight you know straight out, and then the second time I came alone, right? right. <laughs> so hey. no, because he's aware, as I think we all are, that if you are now if you're with other people, they're going to judge you based on what you do, even though it's just to machines. So come alone, you do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean. Because let's be honest, even if it's a robot, your wife's still going to count it as cheating. <laughs> uh, and that actually comes up in the in the show. One of the uh, I think James Marsden's character brings it up uh, when he actually has the idea. Hey, 
let's stop updating these robots because they're getting too realistic uh, and unmanageable. He says, let's even roll them back a couple of uh, updates uh, so they're they're not as convincingly real because that's part of what the guests like about this place is that they know that they're robots. So, yeah, so obviously we have the, the people like the guys on the train that, that – may want to be quote-unquote psycho for two weeks or whatever when he went on you know he was the bad guy for two weeks is the greatest time of my life blah 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 because it's fantasy um so you know maybe the ed harris character has partly in that or maybe he's just intentionally purposely doing what he's doing because he's trying to get a rise out of the robots trying to figure them out uh you know he, when he takes out the the poker dealer and chops off uh or scalps him um, he's looking for something inside the robot and, and things like that. So, like, yeah, I want to see what the hell that is about. Apparently, on the inside of that guy's scalp, there's like a, a map of a maze. A map well, to the yeah. lost city of gold. Well, this is, this, I, is, this is what I got, Eric. First off, when I first watched it, I thought it was um, like a computer board. But then when I rewatched it, yeah, you're right. It was more like a drawing, and and I'm thinking maybe it's it's going to be like war games, you know, the back door to to the system. I, I don't know, but in the in the, in the preview for, spoiler preview for next week, um, they, they showed that same pattern uh, drawn in the dirt around it looks like a corpse. Um, oh yeah, you're right. They did show that. Yeah. So I I, I can't wait to see what that's all about. Right, and so that's why I'm thinking Ed Harris's character may not be the bad guy, at, and and they're only doing that as a red herring, and maybe he could be the the hero, and and then we'll find out that the quote unquote bad things he was doing really weren't bad, and that maybe he uh, just happens to look at these machines as as machines and nothing more. And yeah, I don't think he's a nice man. No, no. All right. So you know, right, well, I think the line, which is one of my favorite lines in the in the show in the episode, was, "I didn't pay. I don't pay four thousand dollars a day for easy. I expect you to <laughs> right. struggle a bit, <laughs> right? Know? Or I expect you to put up a fight." Or well, whatever that, it was. right. That that's the one line that that makes you say, "Okay, maybe he's more. He is a sociopath, and not just." Well, and then there's this whole speech to the other guy uh that in order for somebody to win somebody else has got to lose which means you're a loser <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. like, jesus <laughs> well and let's go now this guy could very easily be like mike from breaking bad right or, or red across all which is you know he comes here to be a badass he can be a badass because he knows he's immune he's superman right he can't right. shoot him and so he can do whatever the fuck he wants and then he goes home and he's got a nagging well, wife and he's got a granddaughter that he dotes on and I, you know, I he could got, be the sweetest guy ever. Who knows what he's but I got like one outside thing of that. About the character though, Mike, is that he kinda alluded when he was doing his talks to these robots that he's sick and tired of coming here over and over and over. In other words, he's not it's not fun for him to come here. So I'm thinking he's more on this mission, especially like you just said, Eric, there's that map or maze thing under the guy's scalp. The robot right. scalp that he it, it, maybe he's now just you know like like taking like in a office uh, or whatever that name, I forget the name of the movie uh, um, where where they take the the baseball bats to the to the printer because it's office just, space yeah office space yeah so maybe this is what he's doing he's just he, even though he's still on his mission he's now just using the robots like like the printer where he's taking bats to him well mm -hmm. one thing is that. And I, this could be a coincidence, it could be a clue, is that he said he's been coming here for 30 years, right? 
Right. And wasn't it they said that was 30 years ago was the last time there was a malfunction? You're right. So it makes me wonder if there's a flashback episode coming up uh, oh, to yeah, find out be. the secret origin of the man in black. Uh, you know, does he tie into that? So there's one possibility. I and the other thing is... I'd be surprised if we didn't get that, actually. Yeah. Is that I think it's it telegraphs because you have James Marsden as the white hat, the good guy. And... Um, everything that we epitomize about a Western hero, right? The Cary Grant type, right? Gary Cooper, Gary Cooper. Sorry, yeah. I meant to say yeah. Gary Cooper, not Cary Grant was right, or John Wayne, Steve McQueen, whatever. Uh, right. And and then of course the tables are turned, and it turns out the Man in Black, who you know we're probably intended to have thought of as the Yul Brenner machine, he's the human. The hero is the robot, and but that is sort of the premise for the entire series is that it's sort of flipping the tables on us and the perspective. Um, but he's been coming and he's the, you know, what do you do to these non-humans? What do you do to these robots? And how much less human does that make you? And that's one of the themes. And I'm I'm sort of thinking that maybe he's uh, kind of like the, the, the druggie that can't get, the, get his high anymore. That he's kind of uh-huh. Tired of raping Doris or Dolores or <laughs> Doris or whatever. Uh, Do- yeah, Dolores Abernathy. Um, <laughs> it's like the Seinfeld episode. It rhymes with uh, the female body part. Well, yeah, I, I see. I see your point. Um, and that, but and that but that's he's why looking I, for for what the next step is. He's looking. He's trying to. He knows there's something. And we also don't know. Look, it's forty thousand dollars a day. He's been doing this thirty years. Right, and well, that, that's why I think he may be a corporate espionage or something like that. I don't know about espionage, but he may be wanting to find out. Well, in other words, I don't know if he'd be corporate espionage in terms of sent there as a corporate spy, but I, it's possible that it's either for his own curiosity or for his own company. He's trying to find out what's going on or the secret, or he just well, wants, or he just is, wants to be like the hacker wants to get inside behind the game and tweak it well, to his own. Well, this, this, is, this is this is why I'm thinking that all those possibilities are there, but I think that it may go even further and and trick us to make a, a, a and this is just a red herring where he is just the guy beating. I mean, he there's, he has this big agenda, you know, maybe if not corporate espionage or something, but he's doing what he does to these robots because he's trying to find out certain things, and he's sick and tired of the robots like the guys in office space with the printer and the reason i'm thinking that is because this is ga- this is the same station that has game of thrones which pulls these the rug from under us all the time as well as the fact that this is a nolan brother and they may he's more apt to not follow the a to b to c like a lot of screenwriters would and he could make it where the robots are just machines even if they are sentient in other words the robots could turn out to be the the bad folk in the long run and the only reason they don't look like the bad folk is because they have this human skin on them i don't know about that i don't th- I, right now i but don't think that's and, and that's the reason why i'm saying right. it. Like, i don't think we have nearly because, enough information yet and right exactly and that, but the reason i'm throwing it out there is because it's the the path the the path less traveled uh, by a screenwriter, and I could see them pulling something like that because again, well, this is HBO. I'm going to give you a warning here, Phil. 
which is that you started to do this with Game of Thrones as well, which is that it, it, you so desperately just want something that's not predictable that you come up with all right. this wild shit, and then when it doesn't happen, you're disappointed. <laughs> that, okay, all right, I, I'll prepare myself. You're right. That's a fair point. I'll prepare myself. However, <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to say that there's a possibility. If it happens, you'll get credit, but uh, I just, just keep your expectations in check. Fair enough. That that's a good point, Eric. Thank you. Well. I don't I don't like bummed out Phil. That's a good yeah. Point. I think and when you talk about well, this is HBO. The network doesn't matter so much as the creative team, right? And it's a completely different creative team. Yep, that's true. And but it is a Nolan brother. That's true. Yeah, but I but I think he's setting. I'm sure there'll be twists and turns along the way. Um, and like anything else, I imagine going to end up with good people, bad people, good robot, bad robot. Bad robot. Right, that's like, you know. Oh, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a possibility too, Mike, where they could go um, it doesn't matter if you're human or robot, there's going to be goods and bads in both. Okay, I could see that too. My suspicion is the first season is simply going to get us to the sentient robots. Basically, the, the sentient robots. Beyond that, you know, then we're going to get to the Beyond Westworld, for those who listened to the podcast last week, you know, where you're going to be dealing with the larger ramifications of what happens, um, and you're going to start playing around with what is the grand goal of the conspirators, the the, the designers, the makers. Um, right. Now, or, one or, other or thing the outside influences, too, like maybe the corporate board is, you know, Owned by the government to make right. That's what I'm referring to. Right. What, yeah, what's what's yeah? What's what's that unseen group or currently unseen group? What's their master plan? What's their the reason for them? Um, one of the things we mentioned in Westworld and in Future World was that in the, that those series they talk about the robots designing and building new robots. Yes, which makes me wonder: is everyone that we think is human really human? Well, and that's what I was actually just going to go there, Mike, which is that uh, the, the Dutch chick, what's her face? Um, oh, uh, uh, nut, the actress is nuts. Cullen. Cullen is the color, the character's name. Yep. Um, she's the one that said to uh, to the writer guy, ah, so you're smart enough to know that there's something going on, but not smart enough to figure out what it is. I think she's a robot. You, you could be right. She could be a plant. I could. I could see she being a robot. I could see he being a robot. I could see Anthony Hopkins being a robot. I could see any of them technically uh, I'm being a robot. I'm fairly confident that Anthony Hopkins is not a robot. Um, and also, uh, Dr. Dude, the glasses, like the guy who worships him, I'm pretty sure he is not a robot either. Um, uh, anybody Jeffrey, else? Jeffrey Wright's character? Um, the black guy. Yes. Black yeah. Okay. yeah. And, uh, but yes. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, let's sure put it that... this way. If I'm, if I was, if I was ranking it, they would be on the low end of the scale. Uh-huh. But I don't. But I'm paranoid. I would not. There is nobody, in my opinion, who is above suspicion at this point. Okay, because it's, because it's a Nolan brother, and they could be doing Game of Thrones. I, because it's a, well, not just because it's a Nolan. Really, it's not because of them. I just think that uh, that I've seen enough of Anthony uh, Anthony Hopkins, Jeffrey Wright, and uh, oh, what the hell's the other guy's name? Uh, the writer guy. Um, the writer guy? Simon Simon Quarterman is that it? No, he, what, who's a writer guy? The guy? Who the guy who writes? The, the writer guy, guy. That, What do you mean he writes? The guy that writes. He's a writer. 
I don't remember the character. The guy writes the stories. The English dweeby guy. Remember he punched up the speech for the guy to give after around the saloon? You don't. You remember. mean okay. you mean you mean you mean the English English programmer? Okay. Is that who but you're talking about? Yeah. Yes, the English dweeby guy. I don't I don't understand about the writer. What do you mean the writer? He's a writer. He writes the stories. He writes the stories. Oh, 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 okay. I see what you're saying. When you're, uh, you're talking writer, I'm thinking a guy that sits down at a computer and writes a novel, and I'm saying, what are you talking about? Well, I don't he remember. Kind of does. Well, he well, it no, out he writes the, the stories the, the whole world place. Right. That, you, you that, mean, my, that was actually one of my favorite, favorite moments in the whole episode. It's when he's like, oh, yeah, I punched up the speech for him to give after he robs the saloon. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and then the character starts to give the speech and that doofus shoots him in the head. And he's just like, oh, man, I don't even get to the speech. Eric, I'm, I'm beginning to think if there is a robot, it could be the English guy because he's the one that wants Anthony Hopkins out. He's the one that doesn't want to pull any of the, the hosts Right, he's the guy that says, "Yeah, let's not pull the hosts." Ah, uh, he's the one that wants to roll back the software. Oh, uh, right, okay, yeah. Else. So no, I'm pretty sure he's he's human. Anthony Hopkins is human, and Jeffrey Wright's human. Everybody else is suspect to me. All right, and, and there's not many many people left, right? I mean, they, we didn't we really weren't introduced to many uh, other people in within the company except for Hemsworth's character, right? Uh, the lesbian chick and. Uh, the um, um, who else? Uh, oh, and the and the Danish, uh, the 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 one that runs the company. I, I was about to accuse you of making an assumption that I remember that they actually do show or kiss a woman. So I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, a, a woman robot, a woman robot, right? A woman robot. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, Elsie Hughes is the character's name. And, she, and uh, Wiki says, a rising star in the programming division tasked with remedying odd behavior in the park's artificial beings. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, so, so really, that's it. I mean, I don't think we, we met any other characters that are part of the company that were main characters, I mean. Yeah, yeah right. the only other humans were, were the guests. Yeah. But I guess my point being that uh, like in Future World, when we watch that movie, it turns out that like everybody running the place was a robot. I don't think that's the case here. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, can Where, I say I really liked uh, some of the robot effects that they did when they were malfunctioning, but especially the Generation 1 Wild Bill Hickok. <laughs> right, that was pretty yeah, that, cool. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it reminded me of a Disney World uh, theme park robot. And actually, probably my favorite scene in the whole episode was when... Um, uh, Anthony Hopkins was questioning uh, Peter Abernathy, um, who had clearly gone haywire. Uh, I love that scene. God, what's his the actor's name? Lewis. Yeah, he was the guy that played the father in the last exorcism. Lewis Hertham um, as Peter Abernathy. That's where I knew him from. Fantastic yeah, yeah, the last in that scene. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he switched personalities like three or four different times, and his. His robot-like transitions were spot on. I, I just thought it was incredible acting on his part in that scene. Two two things. One, the Wild Bill Hickok kind of looked like Jeffrey Rush, in my opinion. And two, um, and so I thought uh, I even looked it up to see. Oh, did he make a guest appearance? And you know they kind of hit it, but uh, I couldn't find anything. Um, and two, um, the Anthony Hopkins character when they were uh, interviewing this Peter Abernathy character. He had so many answers, which all were right, 
which is this character's been around, this host character has been around for 30 years, played three different characters, played a actor, I think, in a stage play, a cultist in the desert that was a cannibal, and the father of Dolores Abernathy. Um, and he kept on having memories of his two prior, which is the Shakespeare and Gertrude right. Strine stuff, as well as everybody's going to die, you're all burning hell, I know what you did. And those were all lines from the cult. So it, expl- it tricks us, the audience, to think, oh, my God, he's talking about robots going to rebel and he's going to kill all of you. And then we find out that, oh, he used to be a cultist and these were the things that he said as a cultist in one of the storylines in the park. So now I, I don't know which is true or if they're both true and if Anthony Hopkins' character intentionally knows what's going on or not. Well, and that's that's the big mystery to me right now is that clearly his software update has allowed the host to access their old memories. The question is whether he did that on purpose or not. And that's bad, too, because even let's say the robots aren't going to become sentient, really, and they're just going to be able to access their prior um, thoughts from prior roles in the park. If we have a a nice guy like Peter Abernathy, you know, working with, with the guests that pay to come to this park who, you know, they, okay, it's the father, you know, we, we're a farmer and we're, we're working on the farm, whatever. And he suddenly turns psycho and starts killing people. They could even go that way, which is the robots just are, aren't following their regular path because they're going off to their wrong paths from prior lives and then taking them literally or something. Well, so that it, could be it. Um, and I'm not going to discount that possibility entirely, but I think it would be more interesting to see them uh, have their personalities developed because they're accessing their previous memories. Uh, because if you, like, let's say, Mike already brought up Memento, um, if you had to start over every day, right, you go through a day and then can't remember what happened, is your personality really going to develop at all? If you can't remember of any of your events going forward, um, and I'm pretty sure that's why they erase the memory of the hosts on a fairly regular basis, is so their personality will stay the same, and they will continue to follow their storylines because uh, they're clearly imbued with enough intelligence to react in a realistic manner to events unfolding around them. If they can do that as well as retain their memories, then I think you actually have a personality forming at that point. Let me ask you this, Eric, because since you brought that up, because we keep on having the James Martin character and the Doris Abernathy character, their storylines resetting three or four times within this episode. And so we follow their perspective, meaning they're going to be important characters in the show, even if they're robots and may or may not be sentient by the end. The But, but by how they do it, where, you know, Abernathy walks out of the, the general store and the sunlight hits her and she, you know, like this beautiful girl and the robot goes, oh, there she is in his mind. You can tell by his look and he walks out to her, you know, in each episode. Uh, is, 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 is that part of, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, well, maybe not, right? Because they're, it's happening over and over and over the exact same thing, but right. eventually it's going to change and, and, Marsden may not look at her, and he may hook up with the prostitute, or or who knows? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's a good. Well, it question. already happened, though. 
uh, which is that the the one time he gets off the train and that guy's like, "Hey, this guy showed me around last time. How's it going, buddy?" Uh, and so he doesn't actually oh, see, run into yeah, Dolores. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it doesn't matter because it gets erased at the end of the day. Yeah, um, that's true. And that's kind of my point is that if it stopped getting erased at the end of the day and he continued on, mm. um, like uh, clearly he doesn't remember every night that uh, yeah. that uh, her family was killed, right? Right. Because uh, otherwise he wouldn't be so nearly cheerful about uh, <laughs> about everything else that's going on. Uh, if he does have to live with those traumatic events, his personality changes, and that's my point. Right, right. And, and each time it's a different person that probably kills his family because, you know, the man in black isn't going to be there every night. You know, he exactly. was just there that one time. <laughs> and another thing that's interesting, too, is is um, the if if these these robots have the sentient or, or begin to change, as you say, Eric, then it, it does get scary because, as we see with the Peter Abernathy character, even though they lock him away as a defective robot and, you know, he's out of the park, he shows that his piece has had experiences of being a cultist that eats people or uh, an actor who, who does Shakespeare and reads Gertrude Stein, never mind just being a farmer in the, in the present. So he's going to be farming as like a person that would be, okay, I'm a farmer, but I could be a ruthless bastard because I remember killing people in the desert as a cultist. Right. And that, that kind of, well, it changes their personality completely because now who they are at the moment, even Dolores is supposed to be the oldest host. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I'm sure they didn't just say that coincidentally. I, obviously, it's probably because maybe 30 or 35 years ago when they first had her in the park, maybe she was a prostitute or maybe she was a woman's right person or maybe she was a, a bandit like the Norwegian actress that, that goes along killing people. So I... I don't, you know, so she could suddenly change and not be that sweetheart that she is right now. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Because if they if they uh, are able to access their memories, that will change how they behave. Yeah, she, I mean, she could start dating Marilyn Manson for crying out loud. Yeah, like she didn't really. But even if she is a sweetheart, how does waking up how does waking up one day and re- suddenly remember being raped every day for the last thirty years change your personality? Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. She's going to start remembering not only what's happened to her with the guests, but prior um, roles that she's played in the park in the past as well. Maybe you know. So that's a really good point, Mike. Because if she begins to have human sentient, because we don't know. I mean, what does sentient mean? Does sentient mean her feelings will be like humans, where I was raped and now I'm a damaged person and have demons in me, or does a rape mean nothing to her because she may be sentient but it doesn't affect her mentally because her sentient is different than a human sentient if you know what i'm talking about and maybe you know what i'm saying so it'll be curious because for us if if something like that happened where we were raped mugged murdered not murdered or had a family member murdered whatever we either become depressed we become uh, enraged or we become whatever a robot may not have any of those feelings and may do something completely different. Their sentient could be, or their decision-making process could be something completely different. Or, well, I think what what if they can actually, like, sorry, go ahead. I say, well, I think you're right. It could be. I suspect that 
the point that the writers are trying to do is to is to make them human. So I don't think that's the way they're going to go with it. Okay, so you're thinking she will be angry or or uh, catatonic or something from such a terrible experience when it suddenly is brought back to her mind. Yeah. And, okay. and here's the point I was going to make. Her, which her is response that, will be very human. Is that clearly, if we were to get murdered, we wouldn't remember that because we'd be dead. Uh, but since she's an artificial <laughs> life form and has has like gone through the experience of being killed several times, what if she actually remembers all those? Well, how, how, What kind of PSTD is she going to have? Well, Eric, uh, I think we kind of know already because... In the in the preview that was right at the end of this episode, they showed the Thandi Newton character, the, the woman that plays the madam, say, mm-hmm. "I've died many times. How many times have you died?" Okay. And, and so I'm thinking they're going to go that way because uh, they're going to know that oh, we can we can repair ourselves. We we can die, but we can come back tomorrow or or an hour from now. Well, you humans can't. And I think they may be going that way because of. Um, this quote unquote spoiler from you know a preview episode and it doesn't necessarily mean it's next week mm-hmm. but it's 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 something that's coming up in one of the 10 episodes this season did you catch that mike anyone anyone else catch Which that one, in? the thandy newton character saying that i've died many times yeah yeah so yes so they they're gonna know that they're different than humans and maybe even more powerful than humans if they become sentient because they'll have mm-hmm. the human intelligence but they'll have unlimited life. Right. So I think you're right, Ark. I think they're going there. They've got the con- they've got the Konami code. <laughs> yeah, and they also can 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 delete stuff because there's a, in in the spoiler too another spoiler in the preview was where a human says oh no maybe it was actually in this episode. Where uh, one of the characters says, uh, "I wish I could erase and be reset every day too, so I wouldn't have to see, you know, remember what happened to me yesterday or today or whatever." Right, right. And that was either in this episode. Well, but that's or- something that's done to the robots. That's not something that we, the robots, do to themselves. Right, but my point is, is that the robots not only will be able to be uh, eternally lo- filled with life because they can't die, but they're going to be as intelligent as humans, and they can also remove bad thoughts that they don't care about. So they have three things on top of humans that, you know, humans just have the intelligence, and that's it. That's it. We can't remove the the bad thoughts, the demons, if if you prefer. And but we, I would suspect that dead, to them dead. would be the betrayal. To that, the betrayal was the was the removing of their memories. I would suspect they wouldn't want the memories removed. Yeah, that that could be a point too. Yeah, but they have the option to remove pieces, is what I'm, either are you know. At least they have the option. Who knows how a robot thinks? Right, Isaac Asimov knows. <laughs> That's right, he does. Um. Yeah, so that, yeah, that, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, that's what I think is interesting about this whole world that Michael Crichton created because it it makes um um it gives us a lot of questions and also it depends as you said mike depends on on the error you know back in 73 it was robots replacing people now it's robots 
taking over the world. Maybe I don't. I don't know what what they're gonna. You know, but you see on a lot of news sources, Drudge Report, wherever, uh, they always are posting uh, human life being extinct in fifty years from now due to robots taking over because robots are going to be sentient within thirty years and blah 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 and all this other stuff. So, well, and here's here's the thing about that, which is that uh, okay. <laughs> Stephen Hawking has said creating artificial intelligence is a really bad idea. I would agree. And you know what? Uh, if, if Stephen Hawking says that, I'd be inclined to listen to him. Yes. Um, so if we continue on that direction and actually do that and they kill us all, um, he told us so. Well, and that's the thing. I think I said this in the <laughs> X Machina episode. X Machina is a movie that uh, is similar to kind of idea where robots become sentient and i said in that episode that the the problem with robots is that they are all sociopaths because in a sense they don't have you know feelings of of you know pity and all these other things so they're just logical thinkers and utilitarian thinkers so when they're killing the humans it's like oh it's a good thing because you know they're but I, I don't think blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's the way the I don't I don't think that's the way the Westworld robots are built. They're built emotionally. And, right. and Eric, you're only assuming that it was uh, Stephen Hawking who told us that. We don't really know what he was trying to tell us. We only know what the machine told us. Oh, right, that's terrible. <laughs> Jesus, God damn it. <laughs> Anyway, um, so back to back to this. For all episode. we know, that that Stephen Hawking is just the meat puppet for a super sentient wheelchair. Wow! All right, all right. he went all there. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, send your hate mail to Mike. Yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be we'll be cutting that out. Um, no, don't cut don't cut it out. Let him pay the price for what he said. Yeah, but then me and you get tainted as well. It's no, best no, to cut I it don't. out. Stop censoring um, people, Phil. I thought you were anti censorship. You said that before. Or did you lie to me? Yeah, but I missed the political correct, aren't I? Which I is got, it? I got you there. I got you there. Which, which you is the political correct? All, right, right, all, right. all right, let's get back on topic. Let's get back on topic. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Called out on your bullshit! Um, <laughs> all right, so... W- uh, so far, the, some of the interesting points, uh, I think the best point of all, because I, I didn't catch it at all because I, I must have been dense, was what you said, Eric, which is Anthony Hopkins' character was the one that has caused this hubbub from the start, whether intentionally or willingly, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was a really good point. Um, what else? What other things... Are interest you guys with the show or this episode specifically? Um, I, what about the, the scene where they were trying to run the English guy is trying to run the the robot scene by uh, speeding up one of the the scenarios, and then a human gets involved and screws it up on him. It was kind of humorous, I thought. Um, well, it was it was it was humorous. I think intentionally so. Uh, and he's the one I was referring to as the writer guy. Yeah. Uh, because he was all excited to see the see the uh, the uh, the bad guy give his speech after Robin's <laughs> and that doofus shoots him in the head. He's just like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, before, <laughs> but yeah, before he could he could do it. Right. Yeah, because what he was trying to prove, the English guy was trying to prove, was that if he this bad robot, not a bad robot, but but a, the bad 
the robot that plays the bad guy in this scenario says his evil speech to the the town folk, it would reset everything so that if you did replay pull robots or or roll back the tech, the the latest uh, software update, it wouldn't ruin the experience for um, I guess the the guests as well as, right, as the whole right. scenario. And unfortunately so the, the, they were trying to artificially induce carnage. Right. And unfortunately it backfired because uh, he was stupid because he did not consider the wild card, which is the human uh, guest aspect, which is they're still there and they can get involved and they do what they do. And sure enough, he, uh, one of the guests shoots the bad guy robot in the head and kills him mm-hmm. and kills his, uh, his cohort did a Norwegian actress. And I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Obviously it was, it was funny. And that was the intent of the park to have those folks get involved. And he was doing what his character, the guest character was, was playing, which he was playing basically a good guy bystander who says, Oh my God, there's a mass murder here. I'm going to stop it. Um, and he becomes a hero. It was kind of funny. Mm. Um, what else? What else, guys? Well, I imagine this is, again, probably something that game programmers have to deal with, which is the players fucking around with what they intended to, to, to happen. You know, <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I'll think of, like, uh, Fallout 3, which I played yeah. through twice. Uh, once the good role and once the bad role. There was a character, I can't remember, one of the, what are the ogres? Oh, yeah, yeah the, mut- the mutants. The mutants. The mutants. Yeah. There was supposed to be one mutant who was, was a, a good, good mutant. Yeah. That would wander through the wasteland and trade with you and deal with you. Yeah. And I missed him on both playthroughs because I, I ended up killing him both times. Right. Um, right. Because he was off in the distance. I just saw a mutant and shot it. Sure. Because it had all been bad. And the second time I was – and even on the second time, I was kind of on the lookout to not do that. And somehow I still managed to do it. And it's that sort of, you know, somebody has spent a whole lot of time putting this little gem in the story – Based on everything I've read, everybody else really enjoyed it, but some idiot like me comes around and fucks it up and ruins the experience. Or at least that's right. part of it. Right. Well, and the only reason you knew it was ruined is because you read it online. Otherwise, you would have never known it was an experience in the first place. Exactly. Right. Just like, and this guy has no idea that he just ruined this guy's very special Scenario. speech that he wrote. Right. That he's using to impress the. the the hot bureaucratic chick. Yep. Exactly. No, and, and that's a, that's a fair point, and and that's exactly right, Mike. Um, yeah, Fallout, Fallout, all the Fallout games, for that matter, are are truly like that because you can miss entire aspects of these scenarios, um, and and that's what what it's like in this Westworld, which is you don't have to like, for example, they go up, um. This new couple that comes to the town as a guest follows the sheriff into the wilderness to f- try to uh, find uh, the the bandit. And as they're up there, they're going, you know what? This is kind of boring. And the wife says, I don't want to do this anymore. And he goes, yeah, I wanna, let's, let's just leave. And then, you know, the robot, the host begins to malfunction. But the point is, is that, you know, he, he – wouldn't have even had to do that scenario. He would have never even done that scenario in the first place, and he never did complete it because the malfunction. But he could have just passed by the sheriff and walked right into the bar and just got a drink instead of doing that scenario. Right. 
you know. And then Eric, you made a good point too, where the, you know the bunch of guys goes stops James Martin from meeting Dolores, you know, and that changes the whole thing. So the, a lot of things can happen because it's um, even though it's a it's a world, it's in a sandbox where certain things supposed to happen. Things can change based on what the characters do. It's almost like one of those books where you know you choose your adventure books where you go A, B, or C, you know, and wherever you go, you go to page thirty-seven or you go to page eighty-two, depending on what you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, well, I did notice. Speaking of that guy, that there really again didn't seem to be a whole lot for his wife to do. And something right. I mentioned about West, the Westworld, the film, is that it was very much a male fantasy. Yeah, and that here we actually see the woman kind of dragged along. I get to kill the bandit, and you get to wear uncomfortable clothes and ride side saddle behind me. You know, it yeah. just. But Mike, they did have those two girls on the train on the second uh, James Marsden uh, reboot, saying, um, "Like, oh, I can't wait to get there." And then they look at James Martin and they go, oh, he's pretty good looking. And one of them goes, I don't really care about that. I just want to meet the bad guys. So I think we're going to have females. Obviously, these characters were just peripheral. But I think they purposely put these female characters in there, not just to point out that James Martin was a robot. But I think they're setting up for other A hot robot. Yeah, a hot male robot. They're they're setting up woman characters, guest characters eventually, too. And – you know, you know what I'm saying. So I think they may be going where they're going to have a woman character come in and, and as a guest and do something. But you're right. Um, some of the peripheral woman characters. I'm just not- saying, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be politically correct, but you know, it's it's still a little. Well, why are the women going to come to fuck the hot guys? Like they couldn't do that in literally every other place in the universe that they go. You're right. Yeah, it, it is a good. They're question. not going to be gunslingers. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. What a woman's perspective? What would a woman want to do in in these these lap worlds? You know, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, I'm sure there are ones that would want to be like we did see the one that the girl with the scar face, right? That was the sharpshooter, but she was a she was a machine. Or, I'm pretty sure she was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was a robot. Yeah. Yeah. So potentially there could be, you know. Uh, girl gunslingers and i don't take issue with that but i'm saying it's just that's not how that the one woman guest we saw on this episode it was literally just follow her husband around well to the hot desert it was two it was two because it was the the black family the african-american family that uh that met uh dolores while she's painting a landscape and they're just walking around too, and she and the wife and the child are just following the sky, probably. So there's a couple examples of that. So it's not just the one. So you're right. Actually, actually, so so it damns it even more, right? Because there's two women, not just one. There's two women that are just following around there. Right. So you can't say yeah. That's a fair point too. Yeah. Uh, one thing based off of that though, um, how you said that the female robot was was a bad guy and a gunslinger. Uh, that, that's played by the, the Norwegian actress. Um, this this shows. I think they're they're removing all um, stereotypes, gender and ethnic stereotypes. Because I remember last week, Mike, you mentioned, you know, if you, you know, uh, a black folk in the West would would be treated terribly because of you know during the, that time, you know, due to um, you know civil Labory. rights. 
Yeah, well, not just slavery, because the, the the Old West, a lot of Old West was even Due to being black. Uh, a lot of the Old West was at, past slavery, because, you know, the 1870s, 1880s. But civil rights hadn't come around yet, and so black it's, folk were still treated terribly. Right, still a long way from Jackie Robinson. Ne- never mind, the, you know, the Chinese immigrants, you know, how they were treated and all that, when working on the, on the railroads and so forth. So I think they're eliminating that completely, um, because, you know, they have the Thandi, Newton... Uh, character as the as the boss, madam. We had this African American or Caribbean American family that Dolores didn't look at any differently than she would have looked at um, had they been Caucasian folk. So I, I think they're and then they had the Japanese tourists. You remember that in the in the, in the brothel? Um, they yes. were talking to Thandies, yep. and that's how, yeah. So so I think they're they're taking the, their ethnicity part away from the park. Because otherwise they, they can't attract, you know, a lot of people. Because if they go quote unquote realistic of that era, you can you know minority folk would be treated absolutely horribly, and women would be treated absolutely horribly. So I think, but they can shoot anybody who does that to them. Yeah, but the robots are programmed. I, I'm I'm just saying that the robots are programmed to not look at at heritage. Or, no, I, no uh, I'm gen- not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying yeah. if they kept the authenticity, then they could just shoot anybody who was racist. And maybe that would be an attraction, too. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You never know. I mean, yeah. well, do you ever think maybe they have some racist guests who are really disappointed? Oh, actually, actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I have in the background um, the other group, the group of th- friends that that meet up with uh, James Martin, and they go, "Oh, I, this is the guy that took me around." Right. Uh, one of them is an African American man too, and and again, I think uh, so. That just shows more of what my point is, which is, uh, but again, because well, they're not going to leave good money laying around, you're going to, yeah. yeah exactly. So it's so it's so it's going to be an idealized version, somewhat of what the old west was. It's, it was never going to be something real, right. Yeah, exactly. Like you said last week, Mike, which is, uh, and I said, and uh, adding to what your point was, which is, it's almost a combination of the movies between the romantic John Wayne stuff and the Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns, and that's the West that this West world is supposed to be, not what it really was in 1875 or whatever. Um, I noticed they didn't have any, so far they didn't have any um, Mexican folk or Native American folk. Or Lithuanian no, folk or Belgian no, no, folk. No, if you could let me uh, finish my point, Eric. No. Um, in, in that era, depending on where this Old West is supposed to be, uh, you would think there would be a large uh, Native American and um, Mexican American population as part of the, the locals. And they didn't have any of that. Everybody was was pretty much Caucasian in the um, as robots as the hosts. Pretty sure we'll get some Indians eventually, right? Because I would think so. Uh, because my you know all the all the uh, westerns that I've seen, you know, like the spaghetti westerns, always have uh, the Mexican folk, and all the John Wayne ones have all the Indian folk. Uh, I mean, the Native American folk. So I, I just thought that was a curiosity. Is all. Just an observation. Right. Well, we're only one episode in. True, true. And again, this, is, this isn't this is supposed to be, um, you know, this is just whatever the creators of Westworld 
uh, the company people decided they wanted as Westworld anyway. So I would think it would be funny if they finally give us an episode with Indians and they're all from Bangladesh. <laughs> oh, <for Christ's> <laughs> uh, but well, let's talk about this. Uh, uh, we didn't talk about this. Uh, the thing that screws up um, uh, the father, Abernathy father, was it Paul, mm-hmm. Eric? Paul? Peter. Paul? Peter, Peter Abernathy, was he finds a photo of uh, a guest dropped the photo and it got buried in his farm. And when he's tilling the farm or working with the horses, he finds the photo and it fucks him up. And that's when he snaps his program. Right, because theoretically uh, part of their programming is to ignore anything that seems out of place. Uh, And apparently that part of his programming got knocked out of whack with the update. Yeah, because Dolores looks at the picture when the, her, her father shows it to her, and she goes, I don't see anything odd about it. Right. Can't make anything from it or something like that. Yeah, just, yeah. it's clearly she's blanking on it. Right. Right. Just like when the little kid says to her, you're not real, and she's like, what? Oh, well, I should get going now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, if she was 100% sentient at that point, she would have snapped and said, what the hell do you mean? Or, you know, that was rude. Or, or she would have just... You know who knows? Killed him. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Beat him in the head, little bastard kids. <laughs> Mike would be proud of that moment. Absolutely. <laughs> Being a school teacher. Um, what else? Uh, what about the headquarters up on the middle of a, a cliff, and it looked like a like a penthouse? It was kind of cool. Though, are that, but... I, I I missed where they were physically located. Is that where they are up on a cliff? Yeah, yeah, and it, okay. it was really cool looking because it's. Um, uh, it almost looks like like a wealthy person's penthouse or a James Bond villain's uh, palace or something in, in the middle of nowhere. Well, that uh, could be a clue. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, is there anything else, or are we we losing? I think we're good. We need to wrap this up. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, uh, let's let's give our final thoughts of what we thought of the, the season premiere. Um, uh, Mike, when do you start? I liked it. All right, very good. Is <laughs> no, that it's, it? it's good. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's got potential. It's as everything. It's going to depend on on how they play their cards. They've got a good hand, and now let's see if they play it well. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I actually the first ten minutes of the film are uh, the or the episode after we meet the robot um, Dolores. Uh, in inside the the factory thing, uh, but when we get back into the scenario where she wakes up and we meet James Marsden and all that, all the way up to the point where um, we have um, the Ed Harris character appear, I was actually really into it as a western, and I, I mean it was it was that well written. Uh, I mean I almost even forgot that it was a science fiction thing for a little bit there, and that story alone, the story of of Marsden meeting um, Dolores' character, and they head back to the farm, and and where that was going, that was as interesting in my in my opinion as what happens, and and then you know the bigger picture of, of the whole series. So I think I think it's really well written. Um, it kept my interest completely, um, and I think this series, at least this first episode, is a winner, and I. Th- think HBO has something here that could last for a few seasons um, and and may 
um, not just be critically liked, like say the, the their other show, The Leftovers, but um, I think uh, loved by viewers. I think they're going to get a lot of people that will stick with it, and, and it'll become another Game of Thrones. And that's just a guess, but um, so far I'm enjoying it, and uh, I don't want to say I was pleasantly surprised because I, I had high hopes, but it it, it actually lived up to my expectations and was, was really good. And I'm looking forward each week for uh, Evan, Rachel Wood and, and the rest of the cast. Eric. Uh, I really enjoyed the first episode. Uh, I think they are taking their time building this world and I can appreciate that uh, because I think this is going to be much more enjoyable with the complexity behind it rather than the kind of uh, paper doll cutout characters we had to endure in the original West world. Uh, simply for the constraints of a uh, theatrical release. Uh, so that being said, I, I really enjoy the way they're uh, presenting this in a way that uh, people like myself who have been involved with creating software uh, can appreciate that this is exactly how something like this could go down, uh, rather than the un- understood, unexplained, not-yet-named computer virus from the first movie. Um Really like the acting. I like a lot of the writing. I think they're creating an immersive universe, uh, and I can't wait for the rest of the series. Yep, absolutely. Uh, two, two things I, I, we forgot to mention that I wanted to bring up was, one, uh, it appears that the Jeffrey Wright character may have either lost his family from death or divorce because there's a scene where he show, he looks at a picture of his a, a little boy that may or may not be his child and it seemed like it was more of a lost type of look so that'll be curious to see if what they go with his backstory um and the other or thing was is he programmed to believe that well that's a fair point mike and the other thing is is that this show even though it's really good it does have the same issues with uh what we had with the original premise in the movies which is uh for example okay guns don't work but it's, uh, but what happens if one human or guest comes in with a knife and he stabs another human with a knife? I, you know, in other words, the safety, the safeguards aren't really a hundred percent. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, and so they, well, they haven't they haven't established it yet, right? They haven't explained it, and some of me hopes that they don't because saying that the guns don't can't kill a human or won't fire. Is all I need to know. I don't need to know the how because when you get to the how, then you get to the silly stuff that of like nitpicking the rule, like they had with the, the original film. Just yeah. say they just say they can't because that's the rule. And right. the odds are really good you'll find some uber nerdy uber fan who will eventually figure out a way for the guns not to work when you know firing at a human. Right, but what and, about knives and and, and grenades? Not grenades, dynamite and stuff like that. Well, grenades. <laughs> well, dynamite. Remember that? Well, yeah, there was. Well, there was that one scene, right, where the uh, the woman with the scar is like shooting, and she hits the barrels in the uh, uh, in the street. And as we all know, in from video games, when you shoot a barrel, it explodes. Right. Right. And so, and so, what if a guest was dumb enough to be standing there? Right. Or, or or within the blast radius, you know, that, and that was out of her sight, that she had no way of knowing he was there. Right. So there are issues, but they do, and I remember forwarding this to you guys last week, was a 
tongue-in-cheek article, but HBO did release like the the legal disclaimers for play, for being at Westworld. There are a yeah, lot of yeah, right. So I'm sure there's stuff like, you know, thou shalt not stab thine fellow guests. Right. If you're dumb enough to stand next to a barrel of TNT, your ass is in your own hands. Right. <laughs> you know, so I'm sure that there's going to be legal things covering it, that it's not completely free of, free of risk. Um, I was actually playing around on the website today, and uh, was it Sweetwater is the name of the town? So they yeah. have a map of the of Westworld, and if you click on – so far it's only Sweetwater and the Abernathy Farm are the only places you can – right. That had that, that have, a, have a click function to see the details because sure. that's all we've seen in the show. But yep. they have for Sweetwater, it's two star. They give it two stars for like moderate difficulty. So I'm guessing this is going to be very video gamey. Where as we learn more and more places, there will be like the super advanced, you know, experienced gamers only, which will be far more dangerous. Right, right, right. Like, like example, yeah, you got to fight the boss monster. You got to fight the boss, or you got to fight the cannibals that that Daddy Abernathy used to be. Yeah, exactly. Right, we got cannibals in our future. Doesn't that make you happy, Eric? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's not good. Eric oh, doesn't oh, like. Cannibals. Oh, oh wow, Eric! We'll, we'll, we'll get a, Eric, we're going to get firmly a against cannibalism. Eric, Eric, the Westworld will will have Green Inferno plus the corpse of Anna Fritz combined, and then you'll oh, stop watching the show. Yay. Yes, we can only hope. Well, like as we said, we said this offline before, Phil, is that they did did reference corpse fucking in this episode. So they did. They, oh my god! They, they actually, yeah, they did. It was yeah, uh, they totally did. Yeah, they said, "What's what's have sex with uh, Dolores?" I think she's mother. still warm. Nobody will judge you too harshly. Yeah, yeah. He, do, he doesn't yeah. like it, but he remembers the dialogue very clearly. And it was probably going to happen too if if our uh, James Marsden didn't come in and kill them both. So, which he's uh, programmed to do. That's right. That's right. What happens? What happens if Ed Harris's character killed Marsden before he could do that? Would they have done it? But if a robot is fucking a dead robot, is it really necrophilia? Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, because so they're, def- they're, just, they're just machines anyway. They're just plugging into each other. Oh, okay. I'm going out on a limb it's and time, saying that she's going to It's time to end this episode. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> all right. So uh, I think we all agree that this is a, a good show, and hopefully it'll be successful. Uh, I think everybody would agree, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I, well, I don't know about, the ep- about our episode, but I do think the HBO episode of Westworld was successful. Right, right. But uh, anybody who wants to uh, continue listening to us, uh, you can search for us on Stitcher and iTunes uh, under – Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, or under Dark Discussions podcast if you would like to hear uh, our other podcasts of uh, horror and science fiction movies, um, because we will have this under both feeds. And if you want to find us on the web, uh, we're at darkdiscussions.com, and on Facebook, we're at Dark Discussions Podcast. And if you want to email us your opinions of the first episode of Westworld, the movies, anything to do with Michael Crichton or anything to do with Westworld, period, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com. We will read your email on uh, the episodes that we do. Uh, and you can also uh, do an audio uh, message to us by uh, recording an MP3 or .wave file, attach it to an email, and mail it to darkdiscussions at AOL.com, and we will play it on the episode 
uh, future episode of brothel bullets, brothels, and bots uh, Westworld podcast. So, uh, and if for and and if for some strange reasons you did like what you heard tonight, I don't know why. Please go leave us a positive review on iTunes. It helps get us attention, helps get us further up the leaderboards, get us more listens, and who knows where eventually that might lead. That's right, because we're, we're trying to talk intelligently about uh, a show that deserves intelligence, and though we do throw some humor here and there, to it's really just for levity purposes, uh, not to be... Uh, you know, stupid talk, stupid podcast, you know, that crap. We're, we're here for critique and analysis of a show that uh, we believe everybody will probably like uh, a lot. And uh, that's what we're here for. So absolutely, Mike, excellent point. iTunes reviews for Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast would be fantastic because we're here from day one, and I think we're talking pretty intelligently and brought up some really damn good points. Where At least the up till the end there. Yeah, yeah. Until we got until the corpse fucking, but you know there will be hopefully less of that in the future. Yeah, and it's not our fault that they the show was talking, but they did, they did, yeah, they did. Even though it's robots. <laughs> so, anyway, all right. Cold so, robots. Uh, cold robots. That's right. So, uh, anyway, uh, with all that stated, thank you for listening. And Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in, Alyssa. Let's talk about the first episode of the West World series on HBO. Come back next week. We'll talk about the second. There ain't no grave can hold my body down There ain't no grave can hold my body down When I hear that trumpet sound I'm gonna rise right out of the ground Ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, look way down the river and what do you think I see? I see a band of angels And they're coming after me Ain't no grave can hold my body down There ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, look down yonder, Gabriel Put your feet on the land and see But Gabriel, don't you Blow your trumpet till you hear from me. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. Jesus, meet me, meet me in the middle of the air, and if these wings don't fail me, I will meet you anywhere, ain't no grave can hold my body down, there ain't no grave can hold my body down, well meet me mother and father, meet me down the river road. And mama, you know that I'll be there when I check in, my lord. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. 
There ain't no grave can hold my body down. 